ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local women, local now. Member FDIC. It is Monday, March 15th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer. It's made pure. Nick Verzellini, our producer this afternoon. We'll take your phone calls and get your thoughts on the weekend. Of course, it was a strange weekend for both of us because we did not have Marshall basketball. Instead, we're looking at North Texas and Western Kentucky. I will say this: it was in it was a fun championship game, and Conference USA got a good one. How many people watched it? I don't know because it was on CBS Sports Network. How many people were paying attention to that? And it's not a slight on CBS Sports Network. I think they do fantastic work. It's just they're not on top of mind when I'm thinking about hey what games are on I'm flipping over to ESPN right and maybe Fox and CBS Sports Network it's kind of down the line a little bit but that was a pretty good game and I think Conference USA definitely can enjoy sort of the halo feel of that and of course North Texas wins Nick you know how well that makes me feel you know that makes me feel real good to know Western Kentucky got bounced from the Conference USA tournament. Schottenfreude, my friend. Is, has they Have they taught that word to you? You know, I'm enjoying the suffering of others. As a Herd fan, sometimes that's all I've got. That's all I've got sometimes. I mean, yeah, that makes sense, obviously. As a Herd fan, you want to see Western lose. That's, that's Marshall's biggest rival. And uh, also, I think, though, you know, it was – uh, good for North Texas after winning the regular season last year, get to win the conference this year because they didn't get to go to the tournament last year after everything that happened with COVID. So uh, good win for them. And, you know, Western's had some issues in this tournament as of late too. They just can't seem to get over the hump. I'm okay with that. Now, I want to see Marshall get back to winning ways. Remember, though, it was it was a long time between visits to the NCAA tournament, so I'm not expecting Marshall just to be – going every single year. You had a special group of people. You had a special player in John Elmore. You had a special player in C.J. Burks. You had Rondell Watson, who, again, I love the way he played. And I can't tell enough how I think he was important when he was playing for the Thundering Herd. He did those things. He was the tough guy out there. You remember, you were around when Rondell, I mean, you're, you've been in Marshall a few years now. You were around when, I know we're talking about like it was a long time ago, but Rondell was the, I don't want to say he was the enforcer, but he was the tough guy out there. And I think Marshall needs a tough guy out there on the court. And I know Jared is tough, but is he a tough guy? Yeah, he was definitely a difference maker. And I think you think back to that team too. I mean, how good they really were. I mean, that was a once in 31 year team right I mean you had the all-time leading scorer the all-time assist leader the all-time steals leader the all-time block leader all on one team and eventually all starting I mean that's pretty crazy and a top five uh, scorer in program history in C.J. Burks so that was a great team Watson was one of the better six men so they were loaded Penova was good too he could have been the all-time block leader if he was stuck around so yeah that's a good point he could have been and that's no disrespect to what Jansen's been able to do because he worked hard and he put himself in a position to to get that record. But if Penavita was here, um, it would be a different record right now. Again, 
the record was set in one season. So there was a once-in-a-lifetime player there, Hassan Whiteside. But what Jansen was able to do in his career with that record showed his consistency in so many regards. And if Penavid would have stayed, man, how that record probably would have been shattered. Just it would have been a it had been a harder chase for Jansen to get that record. Not to take anything away from him, but Penava, I mean, you could have had maybe another year of Marshall making that run to the tournament, making a run in the tournament. You could have, it could have, would have, should have, though. That's the thing. And so now we're going to see what Dan does, regrouping, figuring out what he's got coming back, what he wants to bring in, how he wants to move forward. You know, I'm sure he'll figure it out and put it together. Because again, we're talking about a coach. It means a little bit different thing for him. I mean, this is a just a job for him. This is the job for him. And he has a love for Marshall. So I'm not worried. He's going to do the right thing for the program. And I know we're talking about him as if like there's going to be a massive rebuild here. Like it's it's all done. It's all done. It's over. Yeah, they're rebuilding the basketball team here. But yeah, this one hurts. Definitely, you see other teams. And it wasn't really a good year for teams across the tri-state. I mean, what do we have right now? We've got Ohio. We've got Moorhead State. We're pulling for one of those two, or are we pulling for West Virginia? Depending on where you're at, who you are, what your allegiances are. Or do you pull for none of those teams? you got to pick one between Moorhead State and West Virginia. And, of course, depending where you're hearing my voice, that's an easy pick for you if you are – on the West Virginia side of the Ohio River, okay, let me rephrase that. If you are certain distance away from the Ohio River and the sound of my voice, you're going with WVU. If you are a certain distance away from my voice on the Ohio other side of the Ohio River, on the Ohio side or Kentucky side, you maybe you're going Moorhead State or maybe you're not going for any of them. But when I saw that matchup, I thought, okay, yeah, that matchup is interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean that it was picked this way because there's no geography anymore. Not with this year's tournament. There's no geography to worry about. You can actually see these things as you see it. I mean, that's the one thing I like about the bracket for the most part. You can see it as, okay, this is the true one. This is the true two. This is a true. You don't have to worry about geography because what's the geography east or west of the parking lot that's it that's the geography in this thing and now i know it's gonna have a different feel to it but still i like the fact that you've got teams that are in there seated based on where the committee thinks those teams should be however do you like the fact that there are not really too many major blue bloods here i mean duke kentucky out of this thing Who's going to watch this thing after um, after the first couple of days? Because usually we're watching for the big teams. And there you go. Look, this could be Gonzaga's year. Gonzaga's year without Kentucky and Duke in the tournament. The traditional powers. That's going to be interesting to say the least as far as how many people watch this thing. And let's talk about the NIT. Were you watching last night NIT selection show? Did you watch that at all? So you missed, Nick. You missed the fact that Right there, for everyone to see, first four out, Marshall Thundering Herd. Ouch. That, ouch, man. So, hey, who are the first four out of the NIT here at Marshall and UAB? So, you're looking at, you're like, what? Because Louisiana Tech gets in and Western Kentucky gets in. And then you have North Texas. The NIT is being hosted in Texas, and you know, North Texas is the host institution. They're not participating, of course. They're in the NCAA tournament. 
But then you see that and you're thinking, wow, that's so close, right? Marshall, at least Marshall got some consideration. It's a smaller field this year, 16 teams. So if this was a normal size field this year, maybe Marshall was in the NIT, but it's a smaller field. So there are no conference champions that didn't win their tournament taking up spots. It's just, okay, here are 16 teams that we're going to put together in this tournament. And you see Marshall and you're thinking, okay, so what if one of those teams can't fill a spot? How many things have got to happen for Marshall to get a spot in the NIT before this thing begins? And all of a sudden, you've got herd fans rooting for other teams to catch COVID, which I know they don't mean anything by that. But still, you're hoping like, man, wouldn't it be great if um, there's some contact tracing going on and a team had to bow out and then Marshall got in? I saw some of that on social media. I didn't see you post that, Nick, so I'm, I'm proud of you. Good job. Good job for not thinking that way. But, hey, Marshall could be an alternate. I mean, would they go to the CBI? And I think there's like a slot left there. or And I don't think that's happening for the herd. I don't think Marshall, because it's, it's a smaller field, I understand as well. And at this point, if it's not the NCAA and the NIT, you're done for the year. Just take it as a, okay, we tried our best. Let's shoot for the NCAA tournament again next year and see what happens. But at the same time, would you like to see Marshall get in maybe a two or three day tournament, Nick, and maybe go win a, a CBI? You could have you could add the CBI banner to the Henderson Center the way you have the CIT banner. Does that help? Does that boost the herd? Because the CBI obviously whatever boost that that was going to give the herd, COVID stomped on. Yeah, I mean we you mentioned last week how you obviously have to pay to get into that, and I think with all the money Marshall's probably lost with revenue this year. That's probably not happening. So it was probably either NIT or NCAA for them, and I don't see them going to the CBI. I don't even know if that was on the table, if that was something that Marshall was thinking about. Like, okay, let's let's look at our options here. And there are some special reasons why you want to get some extra games for Marshall that year. Elmore needed a couple more games to – to become the all-time leading scorer. So there were some things there you had to think about as far as, okay, what are you getting out of the CIT? What value here does this tournament bring you? And then you look at the CBI. What value does the CBI bring you? NIT, that brings you some value. Because I still think the NIT, as the system stands right now, is a worthy, not as interesting, but worthy alternative if you don't get into the NCAA tournament, because there's some pretty good teams that actually maybe could have had a legitimate case to be in the NCAA tournament. And so there you go. There's a tournament for you. You get to continue your season, have a shot at playing at the world's most famous arena on a yearly basis, Madison Square Garden. You get to play for an NIT championship. The NIT, while not as prestigious as it used to be, is still a prestigious tournament. And, Look, if you got invited to the NIT, you smile, you take it, and you hope for the best. You go out there and you try to win that thing, and knowing that you, know, you had a second chance here. The CBI, I don't know what you get out of that this year. And I don't know if that's going to spring you to you know, higher you know, results next year. So Marshall, for the most part, probably looking towards next year, and that's okay. And then you have Marshall football. Marshall football, we get the word that practices are not going to be made available to the public. 
I think that was known, but yeah, I saw Coach Huff putting that out today on Twitter, basically saying, hey, look, yeah, we'll have you all here. You get to see what the herd looks like the spring game. But at the same time, I'm actually cool with that because all of a sudden the spring game is is important. Hey, I want to see what the herd looks like. Hey, we're going to go to the spring game, right? Am I off base on that? Nick, are you excited? The spring game? I wonder how they're going to do it, if they'll do it how Coach Holiday always did it, which is pretty much just like a training camp practice. No, I think it's a game. I think it's an actual legitimate game. And, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, and if that's the Herd's uh, first opportunity to show off what the team looks like and that's your first chance, I'm cool with that. Now, there will be some who disagree with me, and that's fine. You like going to practice, and you like spending your afternoons or your evenings hanging out being at the stadium, watching the drill, seeing what the Thundering Herd potentially will look like, and I understand that and I get it, and I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. But I like the fact that you bring a new coach in. You're doing some new things. You're not beholden to the way things used to be. You're locking it down. Nobody can come see what you're working on, so maybe you can you can work on some things that nobody knows about. Nobody really has an idea of what do you what kind of wrinkles you're putting in or you know what are you focusing on? The only thing you know is what coach tells you. And for us in the media, that's not necessarily good because we like to see what's going on as a as a profession. We like to be there, see who stands out to us. Instead, coach will tell us now who he was impressed with. Coach will tell us what we need to know. And then of course we will see in action what the herd potentially could look like in, in a green-white game, which will be fun because, again, it's an actual game. It's not just drills. It's not just, okay, we're going to do it this, and then we're done here. We're going to blow the whistle. No. Let's just have a game. Let's have a game. Let's have some fun. It'll be the first opportunity for fans to come out in months to see the herd, have a chance to see what the team's about, see what the new coach is going to do. And I think that's a great idea, but – at the same time, there's always going to be those, well, you know, well, practice used to be open. We always had open practice here. Well, you got a new coach now. He's doing things his way. And have you noticed he's not necessarily throwing things out and saying, oh, no, we, you know, I, I'm here. I'm doing this. You know, no, he's, he's looking at, okay, how has this program been run? What, what means a lot to Marshall, the community? What means a lot to the program. What do we do here? What's good about everything here? Okay, I'm going to build on that. But at the same time, I'm going to run this thing like I run it. I'm going to be the guy in charge. I'm going to close my practices. And you know what? It's got to do with COVID still. But I'm going to close my practices. You know, you're not going to be hanging out, watching me work in, in the off season here. You know, and during spring, you're going to you're going to find out when I'm ready to show you, ready to give you an idea of what this team looks like. And how many how many things are going to dial back on this green? Are we going to see everything in the green white game? No, we're going to see what he wants us to see, and I'm okay with that because, again, you're trying to do what you think is best for the program, what is best for getting these young men ready, what is best for making sure that people understand that you're moving to make these kids better. At the same time, you know you don't necessarily need to know everything of what's going on. Just know that. You know, if you trust in me, I'm going to put together a, a good product and I'm going to help these young men reach their potential. I'm good with all of that, but I, I will get it when probably some will be disappointed that, 
okay, hey, you know, I like going. I like hanging out, going, watching practice. Feel like, I mean, because you, you see that basketball as well. You go to basketball practice and you see those guys that are hanging out. They're, they're there for every practice. It's like Dan Tony's little army of, of, of guys. And, you know, Dan likes that. Dan's, he's got guys that he's known for years and they're hanging out with him and they're watching practice. And, and that's cool. I mean, Dan doesn't care because Dan isn't hiding anything, really. There's nothing that Dan's doing that is necessarily top-secret information. He's going out there, and he's going to outplay you, or he's going to run his system, and you know what his system is. You know what he does. And so there's that. But football, a little different. Marshall Volleyball won today. We're going to get into that when we continue. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about this Marshall uh, volleyball season heading close to the end of the regular season and getting into postseason. So we'll do that when we continue. We'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We've got more coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We try to get Ari Agnes on the program today. Um, she's a very busy woman, and she can do what she wants. Uh, her just uh, won today at the Cam Anderson Center. They're playing the Sunday-Monday series, and Thundering Herd gets the sweep. Welcome back, Paul Swan, your host, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, Marshall Volleyball, how about, how about what's going on there? Final, what was this, the the final regular season home game? Did I look at that schedule right? And they get this week, they beat FAU today, 25-17, 25-16, and then 25-23. And in the process, Sierra DeBell moved up the record book list, ninth place now all-time and career kills at 998. Marshall's seven and four, five and four in conference USA, and the Thundering Herd maybe starting to ramp up here, getting ready for the tournament. But of course, the more important thing here for the volleyball team was Middle Tennessee left a bad taste in their mouth. Be I mean, sure you go down, you play Western Kentucky, and Western Kentucky's really good. They're solid. They're they're going to beat a lot of teams, but. You you then you beat middle and then you lose to middle. You beat middle three two and then you lose one three, and you want to bounce back. You want to see what this team looks like, and so you get three in a row against FAU twice back to back sweeps three zero Sunday, three zero today, and so Thundering Herd now winners of three of the last four, and Macy McElhaney. Talked about it today after the game on bouncing back from that road loss to Middle Tennessee. I think after splitting with MTSU and coming off of the loss the second day, we came into practice and we worked on getting out of ruts and holes that we dig ourselves into. And I think this weekend really showed the bounce back that we have and the ability we have to do that coming out of that. Now, Ari talked about winning three of the last four. I mean, that's pretty good. You win three of your last four, you feel like you're in a good place, and she talked about that after the victory. I just want to see us play our game, and and we we say it all all year, and and I think that that's probably how I always am, is that if somebody beats us because they're better than us, that's okay. 
Um, we're not going to win every single match. We're not going to win every set. So if they're going to beat us, it needs to be because they're better than us. And we need to give, we need to respect every opponent that we play to give them our best effort and earn every point and not just worry and, and hope that they error enough. She also talked about this final series and just prepping, getting this team ready. I mean, this is the final regular season home series at the Cam Henderson Center. They're on the road now against Old Dominion, but she talked about preparing for the final series of the season against FAU. The, the wins are great, and and I'm very much here for them. But I, I think that they, you know, Macy had actually said it in our postgame meeting that bouncing back from the loss at MTSU is actually more impressive than than just winning because it's it's hard you you get up you beat somebody in five and then you lose in four and it's easy to just kind of get deflated so the this week in practice has been one of the better ones that we've had um we were more offensively focused and scoring out a system and doing some things that we didn't put much attention on um and i think it really paid off everything that we worked on in practice paid off this weekend which just means whatever we focus on this week in order to get prepped for ODU, uh, my expectation is that they'll they'll respond well and and be able to execute, which is really awesome. Back in action on the road against Old Dominion, and then you know what that means: postseason tournament action. You just look at me, Nick's like, oh, is that my cue to talk? Quick timeout. We come back. Uh, we will continue on. It's today's edition of the Drive here, brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, ESPN ninety four point one and AM nine thirty. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have you got your bracket filled out yet? Do you wait till the last possible moment? Are you looking for a game to play? You can go to our Facebook page, The Drive with Paul Swan. You can go to our group. And we got a bracket for you there. You're competing against, well, like-minded fans like yourself for no fabulous prizes whatsoever. So what's the incentive here, Nick? Is it to beat us? Have you filled out your bracket? Have you joined our bracket yet? Uh, I mean, what's the incentive here to, to play us? To beat us? I mean, is there really an incentive there? Is it an accomplishment to beat us? I mean, if you beat... Us. Us. Yeah, that means you're you're qualified as a Herb fan, as a college hoops fan. But, yes, I did fill out my bracket okay. uh, this afternoon. I have uh, I filled it out. I did what I always do. Um, I went chalk, and then I'm going to go back and look at it. I went chalk. Because this year, chalk is actually chalk. It's not necessarily uh, modified chalk. It's all chalk. So I got to look at this thing. And I got to figure out, okay, where can an upset be? You know, what the variables are. Could Ohio beat Virginia? And the possibility is, yes, Ohio could beat Virginia. And then you look at this bracket and you think, okay, first of all, what a what a crazy bracket that has Syracuse in it. And if I'm West Virginia right now, I'm sitting there going, yeah, you get past Moorhead. You can get past probably uh, – Syracuse, San Diego State University, and then you got to eventually contend with Houston. So what do you take there? But, hey, Moorhead State's in the tournament for the first time in a while, right? It feels like every team is in the tournament for the first time in a while because we didn't have a tournament yesterday, yesterday. And when I mean yesterday, I mean 500 years ago, it feels like. It's like a year ago. Time has warped ever since, just the perception of it, because – you know, we've been bombarded ever since. And so here we are. 
We're finally getting a tournament again. I mean, will this be the collective national release for us? Will this be it? Will we finally get what we lost back or at least a part of it back with this tournament? And, of course, there you have Moorhead State and West Virginia. For us, we're sitting there going, oh, hey, it's Moorhead State. and it's, it's West Virginia. For the rest of the nation, probably not so much. And, by the way, they're playing this thing so late. Unless you're a diehard WVU fan or a Moorhead State fan, are you watching this thing? I mean, come on, it's like nine-something. They think that – I think the selection committee thinks that West Virginia and Moorhead State are like West Coast teams. I would have made this thing as television-friendly as could. At the same time, though, I would have sat there and thought, okay, let's get as many eyeballs as we can on things. So let's teams that are West Coast-based, maybe the majority of those could be later games, and then maybe the games that are being played with more Midwestern, East Coast teams, play those earlier or try to have some sort of balance because there's really not going to be a primetime spot for a lot of schools. And so... That's what I would have done. But again, I'm not the television programmers here. That's not my job. And so West Virginia playing late. And I'm sure Mountaineer fans will all be tuned in and people who are interested and Moorhead State fans will be tuned in. And I don't know at that point, you know, how much of a draw that's going to get. And again, again all these games are going to be split, be spread across the Turner Networks, CBS. No more jokes about what's true TV. No more. You know what it is. You have it because of the tournament. It was one of those things where first year this thing came out, it's like, okay, do I have True TV? And then lo and behold, DirecTV turned it on and said, yes, you do. You have True TV. Moorhead State's in the tournament, though, taking on the West Virginia Mountaineers. Who are you going for in this one, Nick? What do you like? Because this is, this is the game of local note. This is it. This is our local game. That and the Bobcats, right? That's our local game. Which, which team are you going for? Um, well, who do I want to win or who do I think will win? Um, let's go with who you think's going to win. Um, want and will are two different things sometimes. So go with who do you think will win. I think the obvious answer is probably going to be West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia, I think, probably wins this game handily based on at least what they did in the regular season. But Moorhead State, I think, has won 19 of its last 20. I think that's all. So they've been playing pretty good basketball. Um... But yeah, I think West Virginia wins this. Uh, just too much size, probably, or yeah, too much size, and um, you know, a really good, well-coached team as well. Speaking of their coach, uh, you had a chance actually to be on their Zoom earlier today. Preston Spradlin spoke about the Mountaineers. What do you have to say? Well, he has a lot of respect for the program, and um, you know, he's interested with their matchup and how they match up with Culver down low. And here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not a ton this year, to be honest with you. I hadn't watched them a lot. Um, just obviously been really honed in on our OVC opponents uh, the past couple months. But a lot of familiarity. Um, you know, during my time at Kentucky, we played West Virginia uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, lost to them uh, in, in 2010 to go to the Final Four, beat them the following year. I think we may have played them one other time while I was there. And uh, obviously being from Eastern Kentucky, very close to West Virginia, a uh, lot of familiarity there. But, um, you know, typical um, Bob Huggins, West Virginia team, they're going to be uh, very physical, very tough, very rugged, great defense, great rebounding team, good size. 
And uh, this year, you know, very good offensive team uh, to go along with it from what little bit I've watched over the, the past couple hours here. So um, it's going to be a great matchup because uh, in our league, we kind of have the same identity. You know, we, we pride ourselves on being a very physical, tough, defensive minded team that dominates the glass and dominates the paint. And so it's going to be a, uh, a battle of, of two really uh, comparable teams in, in terms of our style of play. And so uh, our guys are certainly excited about that matchup. He should know a lot about West Virginia being in those uh, big games. He knows what it's going to be about. The energy, I think, will be different, though, because you go to an NCAA game and the Mountaineers are in it. You know there will be a lot of Mountaineer fans in the building. Maybe not the case this time. But I think the difficulty here is, sure, the Eagles won 20 of their 23 games in OVC. They they dropped two of their first three, and then they won 20 of 23 games in the OVC. For the most part, they are playing OVC opponents. They did well. You get the bid. You earned it. But at the same time, we don't know how good the OVC is. And I'm thinking that they will be a tough opponent, but I don't think West Virginia is going to have a problem here against Moorhead. But that's, again, let's look at the OVC, and that's the only bad thing about this whole tournament. We just don't know because there wasn't enough crossplay. I mean, sure, yeah, Marshall did pretty good out, out of conference, but what does that crossplay really mean? And you don't know what some of these teams truly look like. And you can look at the net, and you can look at the uh, Ken Palm, you can look at all that. But at the end of the day, you played a lot of games in the OVC. You were really good in the OVC, but does that translate into being competitive with a Big 12 team like West Virginia, a team that's probably right now pretty perturbed about how it went out the last couple and Bob Huggins is hanging on to 899 wins. If I'm the Mountaineers, if I'm those kids, you know, I'm playing hard that first game. I don't know what the rest of the tournament looked like, but, you know, win number 900 for Bob Huggins is coming in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be the goal, right? Sitting on right at 900. It's a winnable game, too. You don't have to play another Big 12 opponent. Uh, that'd be a special one for him. It'd be amazing. And say what you will about Bob Huggins. The man is uh, the man's getting done dirty. Hall of Fame, come on. Wait, what are we waiting for on that? What's the thought process here? He's got the resume. He's got the record. He's got pretty much everything that a high-profile coach in a Hall of Fame has. He doesn't have the Hall of Fame. What are we waiting on here? Just going to wait for him to retire? He's never going to retire. They're going to... He's going to be 80 or 90 probably on the sidelines at the Coliseum, probably. Maybe he'll retire, but what are we waiting on here? So if West Virginia makes a good run here, that'll just add to his resume. But Houston, I'm intrigued by West Virginia-Houston because Houston's good. They they did Cincinnati dirty in that tournament. That was – you want to go out and make a statement? Because Cincinnati needed that win desperately. Houston denied them. It was over early, and I listened to the radio call, and it was it was a good call, but at the same time, it's like a one-sided fight. That wasn't fun. At least Conference USA's championship game was not a one-sided fight. It was a back-and-forth battle. All right, we need to take our final break. We'll come back. We will wrap this one up here on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
All right, I had to comment on this. Uh, I was looking at Twitter earlier. Coach Huff, he tweeted out his Marshall Madness bracket. Have you seen this, Nick? Nick Verzellini, our show producer, intern, aspiring broadcasting student. If you haven't seen this yet. I have not. No. Okay, I'm going to tell you. There are no seeds or anything. It's just, it's a, it looks like it's a 16 thing tournament. Here are the brackets. No seeding here, but you have Chick-fil-A at Student Center versus Harless Dining Hall. I mean, come on, Chick-fil-A. That's one versus 16 there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one versus eight. I think it's one eight. Uh, you got Go Herds Lady versus 2001 GMAC Bowl. Who are you taking, the Go Herds Lady or, or the GMAC Bowl? Go Herds Lady. Okay. All right. We're all in agreement so far here. Uh, Aaron Dobson, the catch, or Cato's TD Pass versus FIU? I wasn't around for either of those, but I'll go with Dobson. Okay. Dobson it is. Uh, 96 National Championship versus 1999 MAC Championship. Be careful. National Championship. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. Sugar-free. This is the other side of the bracket. Sugar-free Red Bull or coffee? Uh, I I don't like any of these matchups. Forget no, um, I'm gonna go sugar free Red Bull. I'll, I'll agree. Okay, 1992 national championship versus 2014 CUSA conference championship. Are you kidding me? National 92, national. the first national championship in football for the herd. Yeah, I agree. If you say otherwise, you're wrong. Uh, Bayou burger or smoke wings? Come on, Nick. I I, I don't know. I don't know where I go here on this one. I think wings. Go okay, wings. All right, and then uh, Malashevich game-winning field goal or Randy Moss's the hurdle. Randy Moss. Okay, so we got Moss. Let's go in the second. We're, I guess we, we can we can look at this here. So Chick Fil A versus Go Herds Lady. The Go Herds Lady. Wrong. It's got to be Chick Fil A, man. There's not one inside Huntington. You got to go. Fair. You got to go to Barbersville. I mean, that's like that's like a long drive away here. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's, you know, we'll have to reseed afterwards. Uh, Dobson's catch versus the national championship. National championship. All right. Uh, sugar-free Red Bull versus 92 national championship. National championship. Okay. And then uh, Smoke Wings versus the Hurdle. The Hurdle. Okay. So we have the Hurdle versus the 1992 national championship. So I'm going 92 national championship. And then we've got, we're in disagreement here, but we'll say Go Herds Lady um, versus the 1996 championship. So it's going to be a matchup between the 96 championship and the 92 championship. Where do you go from there? The 92 championship is the winner. That's the correct answer. Always. The 96 championship is a very fine runner-up, but the 92 championship just means more. I think so. I think so. And that's um, that's fun little bracket that uh, Coach Huff threw out there. How much is he wearing those kids out in the graphics department? He's got a graphic for everything. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.